Welcome to Bodcast, the business of dentistry podcast, brought to you by Practice Plan. Bodcast delivers the best business advice, real life stories, and practical hints and tips to make your practice a more profitable and sustainable business. And now, here's your host. Welcome to this edition of Practice Plan's podcast, Bodcast. My name's Hazel, and with me today is dental business coach and CSR expert, Mark Topley. Would you like to introduce yourself, Mark, and just tell us a bit more about you? Yeah. Hi there. Um, So my name's Mark, and I help businesses with a couple of problems. First one is that um, it's hard nowadays to know um, how to become a leader. Um, People go into business for all sorts of reasons, and they they end up kind of leading this team and wondering why nobody's doing what they're asking them to do. So I help people to to be great bosses and to overcome that hurdle. And then the second thing I do is as sustainability and responsibility are becoming more and more important for businesses of all size and not excluding dental practices, I help them to navigate that as well in a structured and manageable way. Well, thanks for joining us and thanks for sparing your time today. Um, I know as part of your Great Boss Academy, you send out regular information to people. And recently you said something about being about vulnerability and connection and the importance of that with leadership. What do you actually mean by that? Well, I think vulnerability is one of those words that, that is often viewed as weakness and certainly traditionally leaders did not you know want to show that they were they were vulnerable because that would indicate that they were therefore weak or somehow you know substandard in some way but you know nothing could be further from the truth that actually vulnerability is not to do with weakness it's, it's to do with um, making it clear for your team that actually it's okay to ask for help um, and nobody gets it right all the time uh, and if you if you try to pretend that you've got all the answers or you try and pretend that you never make a mistake, what you do is you set up a culture where people are afraid to be human. They're afraid to make mistakes. And, you know, counterintuitive to, you know, people who say, well, that just means you give people license to do things badly. It's like, well, no, not at all. Because you aspire for excellence, but you're very realistic about the fact that everybody needs to ask for help. And it's certainly true that being vulnerable isn't always comfortable, but it's the leaders that can push through that discomfort and see it as part of creating a culture where people are striving for excellence, but they're very, very open about mistakes they make. And it makes it OK to ask for help, which is really, really important. I suppose that's what you call a learning culture then that you're, you're actually setting up there, is it? Yeah, it's, it's one where, you know, the, the, the key thing is, is that when, when somebody new comes into the team or somebody, somebody learns something new in the, in the team, that it, it's not um, that, that, that very early on, when they ask for help, they've, they've received the, the right message. So, you know, I could say something like, oh, I'm not getting to grips with this computer system. It's doing my head in. And if the person on the other side says, oh, for goodness sake, we've shown you three times. What's the matter with you? Then immediately you, you close that down and you, you, make, you basically communicate, well, the, the best way to get, get along around here is not to admit that you need help. Whereas, on the other hand, if the person responds with, don't worry, we've all been there, you know, it took me a while to get it to start with as well, then straight away you set up this thing, this this relationship, which is partly learning, but it also takes away all of that pretense that people often put on at work. They have to pretend to be something else, pretend they've got it all together in order to, in order, in order to function. So, and that's really damaging when people are doing that because it means they're taking up all their energy 
on um, protecting themselves rather than the, all that creative energy bringing it to collaboration in a safe space. I mean, surely there must be a, a limit on the vulnerability. I mean, it, it, it's not going to set a good example to be sort of like breaking down in tears all the time as a boss, really, is it? No, and we're not talking about that. You know, that's oversharing, which is a very different thing. Yeah. But if, if as, you know, I'm not going to walk in on a, on a Monday morning and say, oh, God, it's such a horrible weekend. You know, this went wrong and that went wrong. And, you know, the wife did this and the kids were like this. That That's not what we're saying. What we're saying in a work context, it's absolutely OK to to set set the stand the standard with people of you know um it, you're you're safe here um we expect you to ask for help and everybody makes mistakes the key thing is that you learn from those mistakes you don't you don't try and cover up for them yeah and so what do you actually what's the big benefit of of actually trying to sort of nurture this type of culture well it goes back to what i was saying before about the fact that um, if you want your team's energy to be engaged in um, creativity, delivering a really good st uh, standard, um, you know, in constant improvement, making things better, engaging with with patients and engaging with the rest of the team in a positive way, then you've got to eliminate the the um, opportunities and the, the focus that they might have on self-protection or moaning about things that, you know, or, you know, I can't be my true self, or I've got to find somebody to blame. So blame and and uh, and insecurity are two of the things that hold hold your, your team back the most. Um, and so what you're doing by creating this culture is you're saying, it's okay, we're, we're striving for excellence, but actually it's okay for us to help, and we understand that we're going to make, make mistakes, but we will improve. So the, the effectiveness of your team goes up and you spend a lot less time kind of dancing around that. Oh, gosh, can I really show you who I am? Or, or can I be honest? Or uh, people hold back with ideas, all sorts of things that then then come into play. Yeah. So it's not just uh, sort of like a benefit from um, uh, the, the people side of things. You, you could actually benefit from the bottom line as well through it, really. Uh, absolutely. Because, you know, you, you are, you, you know, Blame, blame, and a lack of creativity um, will be things that that will will lead to mistakes, and they'll lead to things going un. So, particularly in the case of blame, people won't tell you when things are going wrong. They'll they'll tell you what they think you want to hear because they know that if you do say this has just gone wrong, they're going to get their head bitten off because the standard is well, I can't possibly show that you know that that anything could go wrong in my business. Well. How much is that going to cost you? Um, and, you know, bear in mind that when people are engaged, so when people are feel positive about work, they know they can contribute, they feel safe and secure as part of the team, their, their level of productivity goes up um, simply because they'll be making fewer mistakes. Engaged people make fewer mistakes. Uh, and, you know, it, it was some horrendous statistic that um, was communicated to me by somebody that said, you know, the, the, about 40 percent of this, this the, the work that was being done by this particular team was fixing the mistakes of what they hadn't done right in the first place. Oh, and wow. it was down to a lack of engagement. And so you can wipe that out and get people more engaged, feeling like they're safe, feeling like they're part of things, but they, they, they don't have to worry about blame and they, could, they can be honest. Then you clear all that out of the way. You make fewer mistakes in the first place.
Yeah, so stop being macho then is what you're saying and just just be a bit more real. <laughs> yeah, I, I think people want to, you know, um, uh, there's a guy called Craig Rochelle and he says simply this, he says that people would farther, rather follow a leader who's real than someone that, that pretends that they're always right. You know, this whole idea, we've got to get rid of this idea that as bosses we're supposed to have all the answers. Yeah. If you've got all the answers, then, you know, um, you are deluding yourself that's the power of team is that you know i don't have all the answers you don't have all the answers but the power of team is when we when we create this level playing field and this this safe place where people feel secure enough to share their ideas then that all the answers are in the room and the capacity to make things happen is in the room but you've got to give people permission to do that yeah and by being vulnerable then you're you're, you're breaking down all the barriers and people can do what 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 they do best yeah, absolutely. And it's one of the key planks of building culture. You know, the, the first one is, you know, you've got to communicate belonging and safety. And that means you're part of us. Uh, but also we have high standards. So that's the key. The first part uh, demonstrating vulnerability means that there's a there's a there's a clear playing field for us to play on in terms of getting things done because there's nobody's trying to hide behind anything. And then the third thing is kind of building building a sense of purpose and getting people connected to what it is that you do. And that that's how you build build a strong um, a strong culture. But it's letting go of that idea that I need to have all the answers. I need to get it right all the time. Yeah, it's okay to be wrong sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and there's a really interesting story if you read if you read. Um, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? I'll, I'll send you the name. The book, the book's called The Culture Code. He tells a story in there about um, when this guy basically went around the world studying the most high performing cultures. And the story that he tells is of um, a server in a restaurant that had been training for six months. And it was this was her first shift on front of house. She was in charge. She was responsible for doing everything. And yeah. the manager calls her over just before the shift in front of this guy. And he's expecting, right, here comes the pep talk. You've got this. You can do all this. And what he actually said was, look, we, you know, the first thing we need to realize is that this is not going to go perfect. Um, I mean, it could do, but the chances are really, really small. Here's how you will know if you've done a good job today. If you ask me for help or somebody else for help at least 10 times, then it's been a good shift. And you can kind of see it come, you know, she's going, oh gosh, I've done this training and you expect me to make mistakes. It's like, no, the, the, the thing is, you're going to make mistakes. The worst thing you can do is try and cover them up. So we're asking for help is a good thing to do. Now, obviously down the line, you're trying to get, you're trying to nurture the right, those people then to, to need help less and less. Yeah. But if you, I mean, if you've got people that need help all the time, then that gives you a clear indication that maybe they're not in the right position uh, in your business or in in the right business. But we've got to give pe- people that that permission, gives them that sense of security that yes, I can ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. We've got high standards, but this is somewhere I don't have to hide from um, from being blamed for something because of the culture. Yeah. Wow. That's a really interesting way of looking at things. And it actually, it's a kinder way of doing things as well, isn't it? Kinder on everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And I think kindness gets a bad rap because it's like, well, well, we're not here to be kind, we're here to make a profit. Well, profit is a result of what you do. And actually what what we know is that when you're kind to people, when when you balance that kindness with authority. So Yes, I'm going to be kind to you, but we have a standard and this is this is what we're working to. And yes, there are limits. So kind doesn't mean soft. 
what it means is that we're we're treating people how they would want to be treated um, in order to get the best from them, help them to move on, help them to develop. And, you know, the, the knock on of that is that the business becomes more effective. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, it's a, com- it's a completely different way of thinking about things. But what, and initially it sounds counterintuitive, but the way you've just explained it, it makes perfect sense. And why isn't everybody doing that now anyway? <laughs> Anyway, thank well, you. Well, so that's much. a whole that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> You're right there. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time, Mark. <laughs>